With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Let's get to uh, old Fluffy Balls himself, uh, Brett Phillips. I was talking with the boys on breakfast this morning. Hello, BP. Oh, good morning. You're listening too much, Jules. <laughs> hey, if you're on, I am listening. Uh, hey, now, I heard you speak uh, with the boys. I won't go over it again about uh, Arena Roddy and over, and she clearly made her feelings uh, be known. But she didn't really help her cause yesterday for a wild card, did she, when you crashed out of qualifying in straight sets? No, uh, not at all. So <laughs> there you go. I, I mean, it's just really, really simple for me. Earn your strikes if you want to be in one of the four majors around the world. I just totally disagree, Jules, that the four Grand Slam nations get the right to pick home wildcards mm. at their discretion who are not getting there based on uh, based on their ranking. A lot of them are getting there based on promise and they're going younger with them. But if you're not good enough, I mean, to me, it's direct entry. Wildcards should be given to former Grand Slam champions in the case of you know some players coming back from yep. maternity leave or a Grand Slam champion who's been injured for a period. And then you're going to have 16 qualifying spots, and that's that's your draw. But not, you know, we're, we're giving the same wild cards out to a lot of the same players year after year who are good enough to crack the top 100. And they're given a leg up to play the first round of a major. So I just I just totally disagree with the whole wild card theory from a homegrown perspective for the four Grand Slam nations. Not the tour events around the country, be it Adelaide, Sydney, Brisbane. And for all the other tour events around the world, they can pick local wild cards to get some exposure. That's okay. But this is the pillar of the sport. This is this is the four biggest trophies that you play for, and you want to get there on merit. So then we have this argument every year, but then TA make their call of players being agreed. And to be honest, they're not even entitled to a wild card. They're not entitled to that wild card. It's a bonus. There should be no grievances uh, whatsoever. So I just think, you know, it would end the whole debate, but, you know, tennis, I don't think it's going to probably go that way. The four Grand Slams run independently. It needs, uh, <laughs> you know, it needs a governing body to come over the top and pull all this stuff into line, but tennis is a little more complex than that with its uh, governing structure. The year that he won Wimbledon, was Goran Ivanisevic a qualifier, or did he get a wild card? Yeah, from memory, I think it was a, a wild card. I Disgraceful decision. Disgraceful decision by Wimbledon. And uh, Pat Rafter should get that title. <laughs> hey, Pat's, uh, Pat's playing uh, paddle. Paddle tennis. Have you ever had a hit of paddle? You know who's... Um, I haven't. And you know who's a very good paddle tennis player and it's obsessed with it, apparently? 
Kyle Hooker, former bomber, loves his paddle tennis. Well, it is growing and growing. In fact, the Melbourne Paddle Open starts uh, today uh, down at Docklands. Uh, it's a fabulous facility just underneath the Balti Bridge there. And uh, Pat Rafter is going to be there the next few days. In fact, he's been named the ambassador for Australian Paddle. So that and pickleball are the two sports that are uh, really taking off for those that don't want to play conventional tennis. The qualies today, BP, uh, Johnny Millman in action. Um are we confident uh, Johnny's still got it in him to, to get through this qualifying and, and get in the main draw? Yeah, that's going to be the focus today. I mean, we had seven Aussies advance yesterday. We've got 10 more in action today. And he's obviously uh, the pick of the bunch. Um, yeah, I mean, he hasn't played, obviously, for quite some time. He was part of the United Cup team but didn't get out on court. So we'll just have to uh, yeah, wait and see, uh, Jules, how he uh, looks out on court. He's going to be the sentimental favourite. Um and let's hope we can get a, you know, a few Aussies through these qualities. Uh, they're tough matches to mm. win, but, yeah, the weather's uh, superb. There are absolutely no excuses. Uh, young Phil Sikulich is out on court at the moment. He's a really promising Queenslander. Omar Jaseka, Melbourneian, is uh, out on court at the moment. So, yeah, and Milman takes on uh, Girassi, the Italian. So that's, you know, it's winnable, potentially. Um, but we'll have to, uh, yeah, see how the day pans out. There was meant to be an exhibition match uh, last night. You mentioned you know, Grand Slam champions you know, coming back and Naomi Saka is one coming back after the, the birth of her child and uh, Emma Raducanu coming back from injury as well. Uh, they both pulled out of that exhibition match. Is there any concern over those two girls ahead of the, the Open? Oh, I was told yesterday it was just those two being conservative. Naomi had played a couple of matches in Brisbane, you know, just trying to get match conditioning and fitness back and just you know wanted to... I think just spend the week practicing rather than go into a fully-fledged match. Uh, Raducanu hasn't played for quite some time, had some surgery at the back end of last year. I know they got Donna Vekic in at one stage when Osaka pulled out yesterday, then Raducanu pulled out and Vekic was left with no-one to play because <laughs> I think the, the rest of the locker room thought, well, if Raducanu and Osaka are not going to suit up, well, am I going to get out there and play on a Tuesday night? But I can tell you tonight, uh, if you are getting along to Melbourne Park, uh, Carlos Elkaraz and Alex Demonor. Uh, from uh, 6.30. That is definitely on. It is streaming on 9 now oh, as well. And it's a good match. It'll be uh, great, great to see the Demon uh, go head-to-head with Carlitos. Yeah, magnificent. Uh, Kuyong today, it's a great uh, first day's schedule. Uh, just a couple of questions. Uh, Sir Andy Murray, he was pretty good at the Open last year. I think it was third round. Well, what, what's he got left yep. in the tank, Andy? Yeah, well, you know, he still, he still has this... You know, belief. I think that he can still do great things in the sport. I reckon he'd be pretty envious of, you know, Novak, who's the same age, and what he's still doing at his level. And obviously, you know, he's had, um, you know, some pretty severe injuries with the, the couple of hip, hip surgeries, and you know, we didn't even think he was going to continue playing uh, Jules. So, you know, he's got a couple of metal hips, and he's uh, creaking around, but he's still competitive, and he's still a player. You don't really want to play in the draw because, you know, he's, he's, he's experienced out there. He knows how to win tennis matches. Um, you know, he hasn't necessarily got the raw firepower of the, this younger generation. But, you know, I think he's still dreaming. He can do something big at the majors. But, you know, the reality is, uh, you know, he's, when you're unseated, you're going to draw a pretty good opponent, you know, reasonably early on. So, you know, it, it's hard to imagine him probably going past a a third round of the majors these days. But who knows when he's going to retire. Um, he's definitely keen to go out on his own terms, whatever that looks like. Speaking to SEN tennis expert Brett Phillips, uh, Yannick Sinner uh, heads, headlines the action. I was first up on court against uh, Mark Polmans. I mean, sort of logically looking at what Yannick did 
last year. He looks like the next that will win a Grand Slam title. But taking Sinner out of it, you look at some of the other players that are playing even just at Kuyong, you know, Holgerun, uh, Francis Tiafo, and some of the other good players coming through. Who do you think is the most likely outside of Sinner uh, to break through and win their first Grand Slam on the men's side in 2024? Yeah, well, you talk about Holger. Um, he made that final at Brisbane. He's he's made us some good stuff. He's, you know, he's uh, he's a little volatile on court. He's got probably a, a touch of the the McEnroe's about him, uh, Holger. But he's also got, you know, this beautiful game of a Federer. Uh, at times, you watch him play, and he he's just so driven. This young man, the Dane, has obviously added Boris Becker, who will be here, uh, Boris, uh, for the Australian Open in his camp. So he's he's tracking pretty well. There's not much in it, you know. Runa, uh, Sinner, and uh, also Elkaraz. Elkaraz has been the one to break through. You know, Ben Shelton's in Auckland uh, this week. You know, he's still maybe a little bit of time away, but he showed last year he's got serious X factor to win one of these uh, majors. So he's just a big time performer. You know, the bigger the stage, the better he performs. Uh, ben, we saw that at two of the majors uh, last year. There's a big pack, you know, a big pack of players who. Could just have a day out, Jules. But you know the men. We tend to in that second week. You sort of know we're going to narrow it down to, you know, Djokovic and Alcaraz and and Sinner's put himself right up there. He's had an incredible year. So you get along to Kuyong, uh today. Play at eleven o'clock. Boutique setting. Uh, Darren Kale in the Sinner corner. He only takes players one way, and that's north and right to the top, Jules, the number one. So that's where he might be heading, the Italian. That's right. Just before I let you go, BP, uh, watch the documentary last night on the ABC, uh, part one, and you mentioned Kuyong there, and watching some of the footage, it is just hard to believe that was a Grand Slam venue. I'm not just talking about the centre court, but the whole precinct. It's, it's hard to believe that could host a Grand Slam tournament, you know, only 35 years ago. It's incredible. Every time I go into Kuyong, and I live down the road. I'm lucky, you know, to have a membership there, Jules, and um, had a hit there before Christmas. And I go, I go and work out of there sometimes. It's just a beautiful setting, and the refurbishment. And I look out from the balcony there, and I, I think the same thing. You got the train line, the freeway either side. It's such a little compact uh, facility. Um, you know, what I think it hosted you know, about 15 or 16 Australian Opens. But it is a uh, the facility now is unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, what did McEnroe refer it to as the potato patch or yeah. something? I think in the docker. Um, <laughs> yeah, the facilities weren't great, and that was a that was a period where a lot of the top line players didn't come out. We well, don't blame them. It was around it, it was around December That's time right. too. So yeah. long long year Christmas back in the US. I'm, I'm like going to Australia right now, and it was certainly the poor cousin of the other three majors. But geez, we've elevated a long way since. Yeah, if you didn't catch it, it was a really interesting uh, part one of the doco, just about the, the, the growing nature of the Open, and then it sort of finished uh, with uh, you know Pat Cash and Mats Philander in that first final in 88, and then 2017 when the Williams sisters played in the final, and then it was Federer uh, versus Nadal uh, part two next week. It was, uh, it was a really interesting watch for not just tennis fans, but uh, sporting fans. Uh, BP, enjoy the action today, and we'll chat again tomorrow. Indeed. Thank you.